0: American Road Trip Talk begins after this message. Show us your Kodak catch and win big by entering the American Road Photo Contest. From scenic byways to famous highways, we want to see your favorite vacation pictures. Show us kites flying high at Kite Fest, Louisiana. Breathtaking views at Port Washington, Wisconsin. A big catfish in Santee Cooper, South Carolina. The world's largest Van Gogh painting in Goodland, Kansas. The Idaho Potato Museum. Or Florida's Wiki Wachi Mermaids. Enter today at amroad.net slash photocontest. Again, that's amroad.net slash photocontest. And a special thanks to our sponsors. Santee Cooper Country, South Carolina. High Country, Idaho. West Baton Rouge Convention and Visitors Bureau. And visit Port Washington. Good luck and thank you for entering. The horizon is wide and the highway is calling.
1: That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, always glad to have you along for the ride. Nathan Miller is our producer, he is at the board, and today, our friend and touring roadside attraction maven, Erica Nelson, is back again. She has news and stories to share about those places and things for you to see on the way to somewhere else, or maybe even close to home, whether it's Catsup Fest in Illinois, which was gone for a while and now it's coming back, or an olive big enough that you could get your head stuck stuck in it in Lindsay, California. Oh, and don't forget the Houston Art Car Parade is coming up fast. All of that and more. Always lots to share when Eric and Nelson joins us. This is American Road Trip Talk, and we'll be back with the interview right after this.
2: Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in america and alert jobs will stop it what is alert jobs alert jobs is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid sour lemon and water a simple spray on the tongue nothing in your system and you're naturally awake naturally alert go to alertjobs.com very important go to alertjobs.com and stay safe
0: in western nebraska sydney used to be known as the toughest town on the tracks Today, Sydney is home to family-owned restaurants and vibrant downtown full of unique shops. Plan your trip to Sydney and learn more at visitsydneyne.com.
3: There's room to roam around the scenic byways in Southeast Idaho's high country, and it's a great time to get away and decompress. Did you know Southeast Idaho is hot springs country? Come and relax in natural mineral water hot pools. Then visit one of their quirky museums like the Idaho Potato Museum, the Museum of Clean, or the Butch Cassidy Museum. Go to IdahoHighCountry.org to plan your trip. You're sure to find your favorite way to disconnect when you visit Idaho.
0: Adventure, history, and beauty all await you on the Natchez Parkway, a national scenic byway and national park. This 444-mile drive takes you through some of the country's most stunning landscapes, while also allowing you access to exciting communities along the way. From Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee, we invite you to explore the trace and discover America. Plan your trip at scenictrace.com. That's scenictrace.com. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk, 1150.
1: Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. We're going to talk to our friend Erica Nelson. What an extraordinary lady, always touring, ever the artist, and always willing to share. Erica, thank you for taking time to talk to us today.
3: Always a pleasure to talk about road trips. And this is the season whenever your feet start itching and you start shining up the car and you got to know where to go.
1: Oh, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, this is an opportunity right at the outset, Erica, for you to tell our listeners or to remind them, what is it in Lucas, Kansas, that stands out artistically and in every other way once you pick that place just about in the middle of the country in order to make your art world available to others?
3: Well, I was drawn to Lucas because of the Garden of Eden, which is the nation's second oldest art site, and since moving there, I have built the Roadside Sideshow Expo, which houses the world's largest collection of the world's smallest versions of the world's largest things. So a whole museum devoted to roadside attractions that kind of grew out of my very first mobile museum which uh, took that collection on the road until it landed in Lucas in the center of the country.
1: And it continues on with new things to see, new events, and you're right there. And We always love it when you come on the show to tell us about those. Uh, time. If we had a show that was three times as long as what we do, we still wouldn't exhaust all you have to report to us every time you join us. Erica, you know, you and I kicked this around a little bit uh, during the week. I had never even heard of a Catsup Fest, so I'm a little behind the times. But then the Catsup Fest in Illinois hasn't been on for a while, and it's coming back this year.
3: Yeah, and that one is near and dear to my heart because it was one of the very first festivals that married a specific project with a world's largest thing. And my very first time visiting was on um, one of my early, early tours with the Old Mobile Museum. And it came about in Collinsville, Illinois, because it was the factory for Brooks Ketchup. And when I say ketchup, I should be saying catsup, because it's the alternate spelling, the C-A-T-S-U-P. Um, and the water tower that served that manufacturing plant was in the shape of the giant ketchup bottle. And people from all around used it as a marker. But when the ketchup plant went north to Canada, uh, the ketchup bottle started getting in a little bit ill repair. But then the big tomato, Mike Gasman, came around and thought, you know, this thing is awesome. We need to restore it. So he helped raise funds, and uh, they got the ketchup bottle all big and beautiful. And to go with that, they started the Ketchup Festival.
1: And the festival itself there entails uh, what kinds of activities is something rather like a county fair. It seems like a big celebration for this one particular item, but there's got to be more to the story than that.
3: Well, I mean, there's, it's amazing what you can do with ketchup at a festival that is all about
2: ketchup. <laughs> so
3: there is king and queen ketchup. There, um, There's water balloon tosses. There's a hot dog eating uh, competition, of course, lathered in ketchup. Um, throughout the day, there's also ketchup tasting, so you can challenge yourself to see if you can pick the Brooks ketchup out of the lineup. And let me tell you, it took me... Five years to win that taste contest, and uh, the grand prize for that was a uh, a bottle of ketchup.
1: Appropriately enough, uh, I, that is something else. Now, there's a big debate, Erica, because I have talked to people. I even heard this discussed on uh, on television recently. That, of course, you never put ketchup or ketchup on a hot dog, that's for mustard, and you add the onions or the chili, but there are people that really like their hot dogs with catsup.
3: Well, and, and to each his own. i am If I was at a hot dog festival, I would not put ketchup on my hot dog, but I'm at a ketchup festival, so I'm going to use any vehicle possible to eat the ketchup. Um, if they had a tater tot eating contest, that too, slathered and ketchup would be just the ideal
1: now you're talking
3: uh, yeah it's it's such a fun event um and it really commemorates a slice of history and um i'm just so glad to hear that it's that it's back Uh, they moved to a new location on herald square but that's coming up on july 8th and for people who uh, might not know where collinsville illinois is it's just um, on the other side of the river from St. Louis. So it's real close to St. Louis. You could fly in there and then just rent a car to go get your ketchup on.
1: I'll listen to you. Clever. Um, yes, and, and I'm glad you said that, Erica, because it's closer to St. Louis than to Chicago by far.
3: Yes. Yes, it is.
1: And so, well, that's interesting because if they have this catsup festival and they have a lot of fun activities and there's the food, all the goodies, with all of that going on, still, you're not far from St. Louis, which is a big city. And so if you make it a regional tour, St. Louis would be part of that, certainly one of the stops if you choose to expand your your tour. It isn't just simply someplace on the way to someplace else, except, of course, you could make it that way if you wanted to. But if you hung around, which part of Illinois contains things that uh, people might want to see. I mean, is it close to where the Mississippi River comes down? There would be maybe some regional attractions in addition.
3: Yeah, so uh, if you're going to the Ketchup Festival and want to make a big weekend out of it, you could do the St. Louis sites like the Arch, which everybody needs to do, or the best place to visit in St. Louis has to be the City Museum, which is like uh, an industrial jungle gym for kids and adults alike. Um, it's phenomenal. I spent my 40th birthday there with my very best friend growing up. Um, but you're also close to some really great historic sites. So Cahokia Mounds are just a little bit south of there. Or you could also go to Alton, Illinois, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump from Collinsville, and visit um, Robert Wadlow, the world's tallest man's statue.
1: I am so fascinated by that gentleman. There was a picture taken, I saw it a matter of just weeks ago, where there was, I guess you'd call it a cardboard cutout, but a a replica of Mr. Wardlow, is it?
3: Robert Wardlow.
1: Wardlow. Yeah, the British gentleman?
3: Uh, You know, I don't know if he was British or not, but I mean, he called Alton, which is why they have a giant bronze statue. And I say Uh giant, it's life-size for him, giant for all the rest of us.
1: I'm going to have to look at that because I thought he might be English, but I might be wrong. So I'm going to check that out and look for the photo again because that replica of Mr. Wadlow towered over Shaquille O'Neal. He was standing right next to it and he was dwarfed.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a great claim to fame. in the little pocket park that has the Robert Wadlow statue doesn't just have a statue, but also has his comfy chair. So there's this beautiful bronze um, chair that will make anybody look like an infant, even if you're Shaquille O'Neal.
1: And that's even Shaquille O'Neal. And that's a lot of the fun. So make sure you're ready to take some selfies that that would be a lot of fun. And I'm going to be in Illinois later in the year. So I'm going to see if I can't work that into our itinerary. That would be a blast. And as far as we did mention the art. So I wanted to go back to that for a second, Erica. I have not had the experience. I've been to St. Louis once if you count the airport. I haven't toured the town. But in terms of the arch itself, it's so gorgeous to look at as architecture and overarching presence in St. Louis, intentionally done, the gateway to the West. But what about the tour of the arch itself? I mean, I assume if you're going to get up there, you're not going to climb those steps. There must be an elevator and maybe a gift shop or or fantastic vantage points for taking photographs.
3: Oh, it is, and it is not for the faint of heart, because if you go up into the arch, which is a national park, um, there are these little tiny, um, almost it's almost like a Ferris wheel uh, booth, but it's designed to sort of travel up the lake and continually rights itself as it travels along the archway. So you're in this little pod, that goes up the arch and you get out into the observation area. And on a windy day, you can not just feel it move, you can see it move when you're w- w- looking out of those windows. Um, and one of the attractions that I didn't realize was there until maybe my second or third time in St. Louis is that right across the river, there is an answering fountain that shoots water up the same height as the arch to kind of marry Missouri and Illinois, and that goes off, I believe, every hour. But there's not just the arch, but there's the answering fountain that is just right across the river that you can see up close on the Illinois side or from afar from the archway.
1: You've just told me and probably a lot of other people more than we ever knew about the, the arch. I always admired the architecture, just the shape of it. But I didn't know there that that there was that much going on around it. That is a must-see in the Midwest. That It's just beautiful to look at. But to be there would be something else.
3: Yeah, it's definitely a favorite. I remember going when I was a little girl, and then uh, I found out that my partner had never been, so... I I made sure that we had a stop there so he could have that sort of little bit of wonder that I had whenever I was a kid.
1: Gateway to the West, and if we move out West, let's go all the way to California. Um, Myself and my family have driven through Lindsay on more than one occasion. And that's typically a place you may stop on your way to someplace else, heading toward Northern California, whether it's San Francisco, or maybe you're making your way to Yosemite or Sequoia, Kings Canyon National Parks. Lindsay is famous for its olive. I've eaten more share, than more than my share of Lindsay olives. They're delicious and they have a claim to fame there, but there's a story in connection with that. And I would love for you to tell our listeners.
3: As you know, I travel a lot, and in the early days, um, I lived in the Mobile Museum, so I was on the road full-time for it for two full years, and California was my inaugural tour of when I decided that this was going to be a mobile museum. I painted the bus into a big stripy bus and had all of the replicas in the window displays, and then I would go to the next world's largest thing, collect the info, and make a new display part and put it in the window. So it was like this way to perpetually build a museum and explore. So I heard that there was an olive, uh, in Lindsay. This is before, uh, smartphones. So this was sort of word of mouth, word of map, word of neighbor. And I found it, uh, in between a hotel and a diner. And I stopped to see this beautiful little, uh, little but big, uh, concrete olive. I get out to take my photographs, and I think to myself, hey, that's a, it was a pitted olive. I was, I was thinking, well, that looks just about the size that my head is. I wonder if my head would fit in that olive. And by gum, it did. What I did not think about was that my nose acted as a little tiny cork stopper. So going in, <laughs> my nose squished out a little bit. But then whenever it was time to get my head back out, my nose popped up. And uh, I had a little bit of a time trying to get my head out of the olive. That wasn't the end, though, because as to do my due diligence, I needed to find the history of the olive. And I usually photograph the monument and then ask area businesses what they know about it and then do deeper research at the library. So, of course, I go over to the diner and wanted to know more about the olive not realizing that they had watched this whole thing of this little stripy bus pulling up to the olives and this ridiculous girl getting out and immediately sticking her head in the olive to get stuck. The upside is I've got a great history and they bought me a piece of pie.
1: Oh, seriously. There you go. And yeah. you being such a renowned artist, there now you have to find one way or another to draw attention to yourself and your project. So that's one way to do it.
3: Yeah, that it was not intentional, but um, it sure did work.
1: I love that. It wouldn't have worked better if you had intended it as a publicity stunt, Erica. So good for you. Lindsay, it's interesting, because when you get to Lindsay, you are entering or you are moving more and more into the agricultural, the Central California agricultural sector, which is vast, and that's a whole part of California that... You know, it's it's not going to compare to Hollywood or San Francisco places like that. But when you're there, you're talking about the breadbasket or one of them of America and the the entire world. As a matter of fact, it's a vast area there, and they battled drought and wildfires and the rest of it. But they persist and they do it with a hardiness that is worth seeing for yourself. And there, I think of towns like Pixley and Tipton that remind you of Petticoat Junction if you're old enough to recall or seen it in in the reruns. And it's all part of that big bread basket on your way to somewhere else. Well worth the route that you take. That's for sure. And I'm glad you got yeah, your and, head back.
3: And that was that was the, the point of the California trip was to, um, I used to travel with an atlas that had circles around all these big things. And I should have known from the circles and how they were labeled that this was not just a bread basket, but a fruit basket because the olive is right there. Not far from there, and, uh, there was a large box of raisins from the Sun-Made area. There was the world's largest artichoke in Castroville, California. There was a giant can of fruit cocktail uh, in Riverside. And it was just this compounding of uh, fruit and vegetable-based things that could only happen in that lush, lush valley.
1: Perfectly said, to which I would add in Buelton, California, whether you're going up or coming back, if you're a split-piece soup fan, Anderson's is there.
3: Ooh, I have not seen that. See, this is why I tell stories of the road, because people will always come up with one I've not seen yet.
1: And you always pick up fresh material along the way, as well as the fresh foods and all those other goodies. Well, that is great. Now you're making me, making me uh, nostalgic, Erica, because I grew up in Southern California. And when my family traveled to Yosemite, we would get to these places. Didn't always stop for them, but we were aware of them. And uh, man, that, that takes me back.
3: And that's, now why, yes. uh, that's why I structured the road trips the way that I do, is that I have that same thing of when I was a kid, I didn't get to stop. So we were driving around a lot and I would see these big, amazing, wonderful things and think, Oh, what is that about? Why is that here? Uh, Can I, can I stick my head in it? Um, (laughs) And then when I got to be an adult and I could do my own road trips, that really ended up being the driving force behind it all.
1: Good motivation. Now, speaking of being someplace, now we're heading to Texas. And while we have a couple of minutes to discuss it, we won't necessarily do them justice. But quickly, Erica, please tell us about the upcoming Houston Art Car Parade. I guess that's an annual event.
3: It is an annual event. And um, this is a little bit of a trip down memory lane for me because in that California tour, I was at Salvation Mountain, which is an art site. I believe we've talked about it before. And I met an art car artist, and he said, do you know that you're driving an art car? I was like, no, I'm just driving a painted bus at the mobile museum. Oh, yes, it is an art car. So he told me about the Orange Show Foundation for Visionary Art, um, which centers around an art site, has an annual parade, and it is the largest gathering of art cars in the nation. Uh, Seattle has a good set um, that happens during the Fremont Fair during Solstice. Uh, but the very first one I got to go to was Houston, Texas's Art Car Parade. Again, before smartphones. So this was a silly person in a painted bus with a paper map trying to figure out where parade lineup was and seeing 250 to 300 embellished vehicles converging. On this uh, this great Allen Parkway to celebrate uniqueness on the American road, it was so awesome, and it remains so awesome to be a part of and to go see.
1: And as you were describing your experience, I'm thinking of how well you fit in. If there are cars, people are allowing themselves to be self expressive, and there you were, perfect place for you, Erica.
3: Yeah, and I didn't know anything about the community until that happenstantial thing. of Rocket Bob said, hey, you're an art car, you should go uh, be with other art cars. And ever since then, there's been this network of creatives who drive around in embellished vehicles. Um, Right now, I'm watching other people's journeys on Facebook as they go from their various points around the country headed towards Houston Because that's coming up uh, next weekend. I think next Saturday, April 15th, is the big parade. But there's usually two or three days of celebration beforehand. So I'm jealously watching their progress.
1: And I know one day you'll be there again yourself. Erica, you never fail to come up with fascinating stories. You live a wonderful life, a wonderful mobile life and your art is a gift to everybody who has the pleasure of putting their peepers on the great passionate work that you do. We'll come up with something more, Erica. You and I always do, and we'll talk about it next time you visit.
3: Excellent. It's always fun to be a guest, and get out there. It's springtime.
1: That's for darn sure. Erica Nelson, everybody. Always a joy to talk to her. I did want to mention before we closed that American Road Magazine has a coloring contest going on. You can enter to win a $100 gift card in one of a few different categories, as I understand it, and enter your own self-expression in our Color Our Cover contest. A winner will be selected in each age group. And when it comes to the rules, just go to AmericanRoadMagazine.com. You can read the contest rules there. Only online submissions will be eligible. So be sure to go to AmericanRoadMagazine.com to get the skinny. And good luck to all who participate. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, it seemed fast today. Thank you for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk. Along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, what's that? AmericanRoadMagazine.com to preview the current issue. Till next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road.